talking about uh, uh, if you keep if you have people who aren't going to change their behaviours, but you still put them through the, through the sheep dip, they become much more subtle in the things they do or, or don't, the way they don't yeah. change. Yeah, I, I think they do become more subtle. And also, you know, they can they can then point to the fact they can tell you, I know now, you know, I'm not biased because because I've, you know, I've, I've been done that them, training. I've done that training. Yeah. And I think, well, well what's the, at the, if, the training's very much at an intellectual level. It's not at a level which is personal that makes you really stop and think. And, you know, and, and here's an example of, again, a real life story. One of my, um, uh, one, in one of my firms, very senior, well, he was the senior partner, spent 18 months fighting and opposing everything and anything that I was asked to do in, in setting up um, a framework for diversity and inclusion yeah. within the firm and it didn't you know when we had part of the conference the policy wasn't approved because he and others were so clear that we you know we, we, we don't need any of this you know we're absolutely fine we don't discriminate look we've got we've got we've even got some women partners so mm. um so so it went on and then two things happened one was that a major client who they were re-tendering with asked for not only the diversity and inclusion policy, the firm's diversity and inclusion policy, but they also wanted quarterly updates on what we were doing and for whom and the impact, its impact. So that suddenly got them all rushing around thinking, oh my God, we've got to do something because the client is going and then the the other thing that happened, which was for him as a white male of, with a certain background of a certain age, the other thing that happened that really just hit him between the eyeballs was that his daughter, who was an Oxbridge graduate and engineer, was working in a very okay. large international organisation, and um, she got passed over for promotion. Wasn't this unfair? Oh, he was absolutely incensed. Yeah. I had to go and listen yeah. to him explaining to me. And I already knew that she'd, you know, that she was working in engineering and how exceptional that was for her yeah. as a female and everything yeah. else. But he just could not believe that she had not been promoted. And and he felt that it was only because, as he said, she was a girl. And from that moment, I had an ally in terms of why this is important and why it's not his previous um, phrase that he used all the time is, oh, this is just political correctness. Yeah, it would be uh, called woke yeah. now. Yeah. So so yeah. suddenly, the you know, it stops being political correctness because it's had a personal impact. Absolutely. But, but Keith, sorry, did you, yeah, but the question I would pose is then, so do we have to wait for all these white men to be personally impacted by by racism, by seeing women being discriminated against. Well, if well, if we do, Joe, the answer you know, it's going to be decades and decades and decades out, isn't it? And probably never because of the sort of self fulfilling prophecy of we we recruit and promote in, in our kind. Mm. Um, but there's no doubt that having something affect you personally is 
you know, enormously impactful. You know, that's when people, you know, you learn more from your mistakes and from your triumphs, don't you? Um, I'm just wondering, there's, there's a, uh, you know, there are many definitions of culture, but one I always played with was culture. Culture in any organisation is the worst behaviour its leadership allows to prevail. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen so one, one extreme example I remember in a professional services firm where a partner who was uh, sort of accommodated as a maverick, accommodated, why? Because he was bringing in more revenue than anyone else, um, but was always known to be, you know, the, worse than a maverick, Joe, you know, don't, yeah, we've got these core values. No, yeah, of course, you know, he, he contradicts them day in, day out, but he's, he's allowed to get away with it because he earns so much for the firm. Um, well, one day that stopped. Uh, a new leadership team said, well, well we're not put him on warning and he didn't change his behavior and he was out he was barred from the uh, from the firm now that made everybody it was extreme because you don't hear that very often at all but that made everybody go oh they're quite serious about this then so i just wonder whether you know enough is already being done and you can make it personal by simply calling someone out publicly just say that's not the kind of stuff we behave with that we believe in that's not the behavior we we will condone you're out of order and do it publicly do it in front of people you know, um, it, it starts, doesn't it? It has to start somewhere. Um, and it goes back to leadership and it goes back to awareness, I think, of um, of why this is important and what your responsibility and accountability. I don't think you can do any of this, Joe, without having a sense of accountability. But it has to start. In answer yeah. to a question, we can't afford to wait that long um, because, um, yeah, you know, it, it just stands to reason. I mean, there's so many studies that show that the more diverse leadership teams or boards of directors organizations have, the better they do commercially. That shouldn't be any surprise to anybody because if your leadership is more representative of the people that you're trying, one, to sell to or do business with and two, to lead, you must stand a better chance of doing that well than you know, a bunch of people who are stuck in ways that are 30, 40 years out of date. That, that must be blindingly obvious. The problem is at the moment we're back to burning platforms if you look at law firms, they've had a spectacularly good pandemic. Thank you very much. You know, their revenues are huge. Their costs have dropped enormously. Um, their PEP scores, that's what they all talk about still, you know. So in the number of leaders who will be saying, well, it's not broken, is it? You know, we must be doing something right. Or who are going to be very nervous at sort of rocking the partnership boat and saying, I think you know, we're doing pretty well, but I think there's some things we need to get a hold of. Because, you know, what focuses the mind? It is what might gets measured gets done at the moment the only thing that gets measured is revenue and pet mm. so I, no, I, <clears throat> non-answer really but i think you have no, to start I finding think... ways of making it personal and calling out bad behavior and punishing contradictory behavior hitting it where it hurts it's got to be a start uh, not the only thing but it's got to be part of the mix but the key words i would take from what you've said keith are accountability and ownership absolutely yeah. and if you don't own as a leader if you don't own an issue if you don't own a problem then you're not going to be accountable for it Correct. you know i mean you don't you know when we spend a lot of time and resources on developing a strategy and you know and i know that the strategy is only as good as the ownership and the accountability that is yeah. attached to it. Yeah. And if it's all it is, is something that's written on paper that we can put away for 
until next year and we take it out sort of 10 months before uh, 10 months after it's, it's supposedly implemented to review it and go oh my god I still haven't done all of any of this then your business nothing really significantly changes yeah so so ownership and accountability is vital and again we go back to the culture of the organization yeah and then i think the other thing that you said about an organization is only as good and it's only as strong as its leadership in terms of what we will tolerate or not tolerate yeah and if you will tolerate sexist behavior racist behavior discrimination against lgbt's and so on, on the basis that actually the people who are at the receiving end of that, when they complain or when they bring it to your attention, you dismiss it on the basis, oh, the perpetrator was having a bad day, yeah. you're a bit thick-skinned, they were only joking, oh, it's, you know, let's not go there, you know, it, it's, you know, or we will move you from where you're sitting or that role, you don't have to work with that person. That's actually not dealing with the problem. That's not actually communicating to everyone who's seen or heard that bad behaviour that actually we don't behave like this around here. What we've yeah. said on paper, we live it, we breathe it. And when we walk around and we hear something or we're told about something that's unacceptable, we deal with it. It's not HR's problem, it's the leadership's yeah. problem. Yeah, Charles, um, you reminded me of a, an, another client I work with going back some time now. Uh, they're an insurance business. Um, new leadership team, actually, a new leader making some rearrangements. So in effect, the executive team was a new one. Um, not new all in the business, one person brought in from outside, but, but, uh, but a real sense of we're going to have to do things differently and we will be doing things differently. And... Part of what they do, they, they organised everything into a, a, um, a, I'll call it a project uh, or a campaign. Is it, That's not fair. Either of those words isn't fair, but um, an initiative, if you like, called Springboard, because everything they were doing was going to be a springboard to a new way of doing things and a new kind of future and a new um, performance level. Um, and we worked with them very hard on the cultural aspects, that, you know, the, the brand aspects that should be supportive and driving of that. And they did, they did a really brave and great thing, which perfectly fitted their culture, actually. And as a demonstration of this is the kind of business we want to be, it was perfect as well. So they had two awards monthly. And they were, you know, you get employee of the month, you know, in certain places. They had something mm. called Star, mm. which was, which was, um, was always, um, you know, a, a, a wise contribution to, to these. Star stood for Springboard Taken as Red. And that was demonstration yeah. of someone who behaved in exactly the right way, according to the values and the behaviours that they wanted. The other thing they published every every month alongside Star was um, Ass, which was against the spirit of Springboard. And someone Ooh. every month was nominated for having behaved in a way which is contradictory to what they wanted to do. Now, for a culture of that type, it was absolutely perfect. And it was incredibly powerful, really brave. Mm. really fitting of the character that they wanted to be um, and incredibly effective. So Star and Ass was, was, a, was a great experience to watch because it really made sure that people got it and they were rewarded, of course, and they talked about things and they were called out for things at any level. I remember mm. a marketing director winning Ass one, one month. He was shocked, you know, because of all the people 
he was supposed to understand these things called brand values better than anyone. But um, he took it, took it well. It's really yeah. good, really good at demonstration of it. And and that came from the leadership. Absolutely, yeah. Driven by the leadership. Uh, owned completely, reported just like I mean, they, what they used to say was, we report on all our other business measures every month. We're reporting on this. It was as simple as that, you know. Uh, an insurance business has got a lot of data. It reviewed that every month, every day, but every month it was shared across the whole business. So was Star and so was us. That's part that, of what that, we have to be good at. That's so encouraging. But again, you know, when you use the word data, I, I'm, 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 I'm sure that you'll have come across this. The, the number of times that I'm told that organisations, particularly professional services, can't do something because they don't have the data or we need more data but equally it's not just professional services i work as a non-exec for an nhs trust and the nhs is absolutely here after all these years they are still talking about needing data in order to be able to do what they need to be doing as good employers in relation to addressing yeah. the issue that so many of their black and ethnic minority staff right across the board are still sitting at below band six um you know which is totally unacceptable when you look at the number of them and where where people have come from in terms of their career um and they keep talking about needing more data and actually yeah using waiting for data or collecting data has become such an excuse for not doing for, for inaction and actually i think you know how much data do you need to know how much data do you need to analyze to to know and to just say this is not right this is not what we want to be as a business this is not how we want to be as a profession yeah, you don't so, need data just you know tom you know, talk to tom peter read tom peters he'll tell you mbwa management you know by walking around just just get out talk to but, people but equally the be other phrase I, the other phrase i like is management by appeasement because very often in professional services firms and it does happen in the rest of the business world but very often management by appeasement is what you do when you get when you come to dealing with or not dealing with senior people who can who totally flout the, the rules and the way that the policies um so to go back to what we were discussing earlier about ownership and accountability management by appeasement says oh well you know they do they, they they're such strong performers they do all these they do so well on on these particular measures that you know we're not you know we we can't we, we're not going to jeopardize that by by picking them up on picking them up i'd say on on behaving badly yeah. towards yeah um yeah. staff but mean, that's a very myopic view of leadership isn't it and culture um you know, you, you see i go back to my insurance client to say these these are the things some of the things we need to be great at they are as important as the, the bits we do have numerical data for for us to be the business we want to be and you know part of this is about creating a legacy isn't it and a con you know, continuity and sustainability of the business so you don't just go one year to the next one year to the next mm. but this is what we stand for long term this is an enduring culture and, and in my terms brand that we are responsible for and, uh, and owners of uh, or guardians of um it, it, it should be one of the things 
we need to be really good at to be the sort of business we want to be. It's, it's about opening up minds and opinions to that, I think, and recognition. But it is accountability. Absolutely. If you don't call it out, we don't promote this as something that will be rewarded for doing well, as it should be, um, will be called out, um, held up um, for, for not doing well, as it should be. Mm-hmm.